edition of the Second and Goal Fantasy Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host, here with your co-host, Chris, the fantasy expert. And in today's show, we'll be giving our week one preview for the 2020 season. We have big questions. We have waiver wire. We have starter sit. We have booms and busts, which is uh, what we changed our plays and fades segment to. It's a little bit different. We'll describe it. And of course, we've got some news before we get into all of that. And I am so excited because we're finally going to preview a week of football. And football, this is releasing on Wednesday. So football is starting tomorrow. This is crazy. I know. I'm so excited right now. I just cannot wait. I mean, it's going to be so good to finally be back in the fantasy swing of things with all the games going on. Every Sunday, I can sit by my TV and watch and do all that. I'm just so excited. It's so good finally doing a week one podcast. I mean, we haven't gotten to do that since our practice episodes. I mean, those haven't even been released. To anyone, yeah, I mean, so, yeah. we would release them at some point, except for this, the horrible audio quality that comes with them. <laughs> so yeah, it's like really bad. Very bad. You don't want to hear it. Anyway, it's going to be a whole lot of fun today. We've got tons of news. This is going to be a big episode. Tons of news, tons of weight, or actually it's a shortened waiver wire since this is week one. There's not as many guys to add, but there are still people we want to talk about. Uh, but first, actually, between the news and the waiver wire, we have some three big questions for this week, just in like about different offenses, different, different players. Mm-hmm. We've got starter sit, got three guys for that. And then we got booms and busts. I've got two booms and two busts. So does Chris. And uh, that's going to be it. For this episode, there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. You want to get started, Chris? I'm ready when you are. Yeah. So uh, in one day, the season starts and I am ready. So let's go. In the first piece of news, a former Jacksonville Jaguars running back, Leonard Fournette, was released by the Jaguars after, um, I guess, there have been tensions between the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the there's always been tensions there. It's always been underlying. You've kind of been able to tell. The Jags were not, or the Jags organization was not huge fans of Fournette off the field, I'd say. I think on the field, they didn't mind him, but on the field, he, or I mean off the field, he was not a great guy to have on the team. Yeah, I mean, and his release definitely hurts fantasy because he signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's mm-hmm. not going to do as well in this situation. Before this, I had him as RB15. I haven't updated my rankings, but I'll probably bump him down to around... Oh, I want to say probably in between RB20 and RB25 because Ronald Jones has still been declared the starter. And while I don't believe that, I believe Leonard Fournette's going to get the majority of the carries relatively soon. Ronald Jones is definitely going to cut into his workload because Ronald Jones, well, maybe he's not a great player. He's a good player, but Fournette is a very good player. And so Fournette should get the majority of the touches. I mean, and I mean, Bruce Arians has ne- he's said things about his running backs and training camps before that haven't actually uh, panned out, mm-hmm. but, uh, Chris, I'm interested to hear, though, after all this, this is very complicated for fantasy, where you have yeah. Leonard Fournette, or where you would have Leonard Fournette. I mean, I think I've got to have him maybe 30, 35. Wow, really? I just don't see it. He's the he's ranked third on their depth chart. He is? Third. Behind third. who? Uh, I mean, Jones, me... obviously, but like... Yeah, he's third right now. Who is he behind? Um, I know they just recently released it. Okay, he is yeah. behind. Oh, oh yeah, Ronald Jones and Lashawn McCoy. Wow, that's crazy. There's no way week two by week two, Fournette will be getting more of the touches than Lashawn McCoy, or maybe week three. I don't. Lashawn so. McCoy is past it. 
I hate to say it, but he is. Leonard Fournette. I mean, how can you leave this guy out of the offense? He's such a physically dominant runner. He's like Derek. He's like a Derrick Henry mold. He's not as good as Derrick Henry, but he's still pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. If he can stay healthy, he's a great guy to have. Yeah. I mean, I guess, but a lot of his contract, he signed a $2 million contract, but it's up to $3.5 million in incentives. So this is more like just a one-year prove-it deal. But I'm not really sure why Arians seems to not have confidence in his guy. I mean, Arians has always kind of run a a group RB system running back by committee. So I don't see anything changing. I don't think that much is going to come out of uh, Adrian Pe- – or not Adrian Peterson. I don't want to – Adrian Peterson is next uh, yes. out of Leonard Fournette. Yeah, so – but yeah, we'll see what happens. I guess, but you are really low on him, Chris, even though you've, I guess you've been shopping him from your fantasy team for quite a while now. Mm-hmm. And now that I've learned this rankings gap, maybe I'll want to trade for him. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Yeah. All right. So the next uh, piece of news is about Adrian Peterson. And he was, this is surprising. Leonard Fournette's release maybe wasn't so surprising. This is. Adrian Peterson was released by the Washington football team. And he is signed with the Detroit Lions on a million, about. I think it's million, $1.25 million deal over one year. This is just, this is terrible news for fantasy because I was a Peterson truther for a long time. I mean, for up until basically the season started, I've gotten myself hyped for him. I took him in my fantasy draft and now he's been released surprisingly, even though I feel like he was the best running back on that team. He was relatively efficient last year, even though he got older, not the best in the passing game, but he proved he could still handle a decent sized workload too. He had, I believe like seven games of 14 or more carries, even when that was with Darius Geis. And then he got a few passing game touches here and there, but since he signed with the Lions, this makes him undraftable in fantasy, in my opinion. I mean, this Lions offense already didn't even run the ball much with Carrion Johnson. Carrion wasn't getting enough carries when he was there by himself. Then when the Lions drafted Swift, we saw this even uglier backfield where they split like six and six or seven and seven per game. Now they've got Peterson, who is definitely going to take touches because he's talented enough to do so. Plus, Swift is out with an injury, so he's going to be behind in development. Chris, this is the worst backfield in all of fantasy football. It's worse than the Broncos, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, way what, way worse than the Broncos. The Broncos are fine in the backfield. I mean, they have pass-catching Philip Lindsay and uh, Melvin Gordon, who I think can do well. It's I mean, just it's, so, yeah, it's I mean, so tough to read right now. I mean, you've got Adrian Peterson, who we don't know. We don't know who's the starter there. I mean, I feel like any given week, any of the three players in that backfield could do really well. And it's so hard to predict. I think it just totally drops all three, all of their fantasy values. Unless you have a really bold prediction that one is going to take over, I'm not looking to get any of these guys right now. Yeah, I mean, Swift is going to get the most of the catches in the passing game, but he's not going to get that many catches in the passing game. And yeah, it's not, not enough like, to make up for his decreased workload in the running game. So Yeah, and then it's like, like I don't – I don't know. I mean, Johnson's not known for his pass catching, but I mean, even Johnson and Peterson will take a couple of those. I guess – but. Swift is also behind with his hand. Johnson and Peterson, especially Peterson, are more proven. This is – oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, your point about the Broncos, I realized after I said it what a stupid statement that was. This is clearly the worst backfield in all of fantasy football, way worse than the Broncos. Yeah. So I, I'm really not happy about this for fantasy. Just avoid the Lions backfield. I mean, I never I – sh- we shouldn't tell you to avoid people. If they're in the right spot, then take them. But, like, this isn't a backfield I'm targeting in drafts. Mm-hmm. So the next piece of news is another surprising running back piece of news, but actually, now that I think about it, it's not that shocking. Lamar Miller was released by the New England Patriots after being signed just a couple of months ago in the offseason. Um, 
I think if he's going to uh, – now he's being released from a backfield that will include in the regular season Sony Michelle, Damian Harris, James White, and Rex Burkhead. And this is still – this is – this backfield is still better than the Lions. How? I don't understand how this is still better than the Lions. With, I mean, Harris's hand injuries keep him, keeping him out. So Sony Michelle should be pretty good. To, or not pretty good, but he'll put up bench numbers to start the season. And James White will obviously be there on passing downs. But, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I agree with the decision, but they've certainly got a lot of guys over there to compete for touches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, wow. Whoa. What analysis there. It's just, I, I, I agree <laughs> with you. I mean, I don't think there's much to disagree with. You basically said it all. All right. I mean, yeah, I guess I was talking for a little too long, but okay. Any, are you, what about Rex Burkhead? Aren't you going to talk about how you added Rex oh, Burkhead okay. in fantasy? I, I should. Rex Wait, Burkhead. Who did you drop again? Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Chris Thompson. Oh man. Rex Burkhead, guys, <laughs> add him in your fantasy football leagues. No, I can't. We're, he's keep we'll putting him in him the in waiver wire segment. Oh, we're not supposed to talk about this yet, but he put him in the waiver wire segment. Rex Burkhead, no. Rex Burkhead, he is the best running back. Okay, Chris, in the Patriots organization. Let me ask you something. Who would you rather have on your team? My two waiver wire guys or your two waiver wire guys? Let me see. <laughs> I don't think it. I mean, for week oh, one or for because you have sticking Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle is I. I pick guys. He's that available are in forty nine point nine percent of ESPN leagues, I believe. Yeah, but yeah. Last time I checked. All I know is that Rex Burkhead is the third RB there. Uh, second is James White, but James White is really only passing. So in carries, Rex Burkhead is number one. Sony Michelle is struggling with injuries. He's the RB four. Harris is ahead of him. No, on the Patriots depth chart. Oh, Rex Burkhead is number three. On the Dolphins' depth chart, Durham Smythe is ahead of Mike Gesicki. Well, then he probably is. Oh, Jesus. No, I'm he's a blocking play. tight end. But Gesicki's oh. like a receiver. He'll, he'll be fine. Don't well, worry Damian about Gesicki. Harris isn't even okay. on their depth chart, so. What? Well, that's because he's – no, that's because he's on the IR. Oh, oh nice yeah. one, Chris. James White is ahead of someone on the IR on the depth chart. Yeah, it's a, just wait. Rex Burkhead. <laughs> He's, is, he'll be out for the first three weeks. Rex Burkhead is the best running back in that backfield. No, I'm not. I, I mean, I'm Make not sure saying Michelle's that talented. I mean, White's the best pass catcher there, and Harris is the best player just in general. Mm-hmm. Burkhead's Burkhead's okay, but he's not that great. We'll move on to another piece of news. Chris is going to discuss the Rex Burkhead trade later. He's. I can guarantee he's basically the only person on it. Uh, Deshaun Watson has agreed to a four-year, $160 million extension with the Houston Texans. This makes two insane quarterback contracts that we've seen over the offseason, along with Patrick Mahomes' 10-year, $450 million deal. This is a little bit less money per year, but, I mean, Deshaun Watson deserves, if not every bit, then almost every bit of this deal. I mean, obviously, he's, he's very expensive. But, I mean, the Texans have locked him up, and he should be a fantasy force for years to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think that uh, Sean Watson, he's really talented. I don't know if he warranted a $160 million extension right now. But, I mean, you don't want the season to be coming around and all of a sudden you're in a situation where you're forced to pay Deshaun Watson and it's the offseason right before the 2021 season. Yeah. And it's, it's smart by the Texans to get him uh, early. I think they paid him a little bit too much. I'm 
a little nervous to see how he fares without DeAndre Hopkins. I think that they made some questionable moves, especially then to go ahead and sign Deshaun Watson to a $160 million contract. Like, why would you get rid of DeAndre Hopkins right before you do that? But uh, mm-hmm. Watson is a really good quarterback. Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially, I think I'd say more in talent than in fantasy, just because he doesn't have those weapons like you just mentioned. But in fantasy, he's still my number six guy, and he's in that elite tier of quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Not number six overall, number six quarterback. <laughs> Kareem Hunt, uh, we'll move on to the next piece of news. Kareem Hunt has signed a two-year extension with the Cleveland Browns. And according to ESPN's Adam Schefter, uh, who I think, I'm not sure if he first reported the news, but he did report the news along with the salary. It is worth $13.25 million. That's over $6.5 million per year. And Melvin Gordon got $10 million in the offseason. I mean, you don't pay that to a backup running back. This guy's going to be involved in the offense. And I can understand bumping down Nick Chubb in your drafts here because of mm-hmm. this. This is yeah. interesting news. Yeah, that's a lot of money for a, a second guy. I mean, I, I kind of want Kareem Hunt now. Like, I'm on the Kareem Hunt train. In fantasy, yeah, for sure. He's underrated just because he's a backup anyway. And now, mm-hmm. I mean, I bump Chubb down. Uh, I'm bump. I will once I change my rankings. I'll likely bump him down below Jacobs and Austin Eckler now. Um, so, and I think I'm getting a little bit more into Eckler as the season gets closer. Just because, I mean, his numbers last year don't really lie. I don't think. But mm-hmm. I mean, the point yeah. is that Nick Chubb is uh, a guy that you should be a, a little a little more hesitant on now heading into your draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's just be cautious. Know that, make sure that he's not like your only running back. I mean, if you have pretty good RB depth, then you, you're totally fine with him, but you probably mm-hmm. don't want him to be your only guy. Yeah. As an RB two, he's still good. So mm-hmm. um, we'll move on to big questions. And I think Chris and I are going to try to make some music drops with like a deep voice maybe or something pretty soon. For this but for now we don't have a drop so i'll just say big questions so we'll get started we've got three <laughs> yeah. three for this week and um the first one is will tom brady and rob gronkowski hit the ground running with their new offense in tampa bay in week one they are facing the saints yeah i mean I don't think they're going to do well week one. I think that there's still a bit of a curve for Rob Gronkowski to return to form. I don't think that, I don't think that, I think that curve is actually going to maybe start to trend up, but then I think it's just going to flatten. But for now it's going to be at an all time low. I don't necessarily trust Tom Brady against a pretty good new Orleans saints defense. It's week one. I think this could be a high scoring one, but teams tend to get off a little bit slower in week one, just because, you know, they haven't played in a, a real NFL game yet. So I don't think they're going to do, do too well. I could see you saying that Tom Brady will do well just because it could be a high scoring, but definitely not Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, I mean, I think they have a good chance to do well later in the season. But, I mean, especially with the lack of, like, the lack of padded practices, the lack of training camp in general, this is going to be really tough on them. And I don't know. I think they'll struggle a little bit out of the gate. Maybe not, like, falter completely, but they'll have definitely have some noticeable struggles in week one and maybe through the first couple of weeks. Well, I mean, Brady and Gronkowski should have a connection, but like in stat wise, I don't know if they'll do too too well, like separately just for fantasy Mm -hmm. stats. Yeah, I don't think so. So, I mean, I guess we agreed on that. So we'll go to the next one. What will the Panthers' offense look like in week one? They're facing the Oakland or the Las Vegas Raiders in week one and uh, the first game for the Raiders as Las Vegas and um, Panthers 
do have a pretty new look offense. New coach, yeah, definitely. new quarterback. I mean, they still have DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey, and uh, but it's still new coach and new quarterback. That does make a lot of difference. So, Chris, I know you're high on the Panthers offense, so you, we'll start with you. What do you think the Panthers offense will look like in week one? Yeah, I think they actually have a really good matchup. I mean, there's basically like no – I mean, that Raiders defense is, is not very good. I think that uh, Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater – we saw what he did when he had to step in with little to no game experience in a while with the Saints, and he totally just stepped in and did really well. I don't see why that would change. I think that he'll do great for the Panthers. Uh, I've been a DJ Moore guy all the time, and I think that Christian McCaffrey gets so many receptions and carries that it's inevitable that he's going to have a good week. Basically, every week it kind of feels like I, I, I feel comfortable saying that. So I think that yeah. this offense is going to look a lot better than people think. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the the Raiders are a relatively easy matchup, and Bridgewater led the Saints to a 5-0 record last year, so he'll at least be able to, at the very least, keep the team afloat. And DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey will put up some numbers, so this offense will look decent in Week 1. The defense will not, and I yeah. think they may lose this game because mm-hmm. of that. But yeah, be throw- it's going to be, be I think it's actually going to be a pretty close one, though. Yeah, it could be, I think, that, but they will be throwing a lot for sure. And the last big question is, obviously, we just talked about earlier, DeAndre Hopkins was traded to the Arizona Cardinals earlier this offseason. How much of a difference will DeAndre Hopkins make for the Cardinals in week one against the 49ers? And will they be able to get anything going against that star-studded defense? Uh, I don't think they're going to be able to get anything going. I think that this is a a combination that's going to take a bit of a learning curve. I think that uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray, especially in a shortened offseason, might not have that connection, it's not worth the risk. I mean, obviously, just how good both of the players are, there's some potential there for a good week, but it's not worth the risk for me, especially when they're playing such a good defense. I mean, if they're playing a bad defense for me, I think I'm I'm jumping on the – I think this uh, – uh, I'm jumping on the, the boom train for these two, but right now I don't see it happening. I'm not, I'm not willing to put these guys into, like, they're going to have a great week. But uh, I think that DeAndre Hopkins is going to make a huge difference. I don't know how big that difference is going to be compared to his – normal for fantasy yeah I mean I think for me I don't know if they're going to really be able to get anything going either Hopkins and Murray should put up numbers I don't know if that'll translate into success in this game I think they'll be the only two that really put up numbers though I mean Kenyon Drake should have a decent game I don't think this is a huge Kenyon Drake week though and I mean I'm really big on Kenyon Drake but this isn't going to be his huge week he'll have his huge weeks but not this week in in my opinion Mm mm-hmm All right, so do you want to move on to waiver wire? Yeah, definitely. All right, so let's get started. So Chris and I have got two guys each on waiver wire, and my first guy is Sony Michelle. And maybe, I don't know what the ESPN league availability means. I don't know if it's for all, like 12-team, 10-team, all types of leagues. But it says he's available in about 50% of leagues, 49.9% to be exact. Um. So he obviously he might not still be there, but especially in like 10-team leagues, he still could be. And... For the first three weeks, he's going to be the starter over there with Damian Harris out on IR. James White will take some pass catching, pass catches. So Michelle is obviously better in non-PPR. But as a waiver wire pickup for the first three weeks, if you're running back needy, you could pick him up. And, I mean, there are, uh, there is, I guess, an, he's an emergency flex, I would say. And a nice guy to have on your bench if you really need him over the first Yeah, no, weeks. no, not if you really need him. If he is anywhere on the waiver wire, you need to be picking him up Oh, well, yeah, right obviously. If, if he's on the waiver wire, that, I mean, I just meant he's an emergency flex or a bench option. He's no worse than a good bench, like a bench option that needs to be on your bench. Unless you have a stack. Yeah, he bench. needs to be on your bench, but 
please put pick him up if he's on the waiver wire. Like right now, if he's been there that long, I mean, guess who picked him up on the waiver wire? Either your league mates are in a are have been in a coma for the last week, or I don't know, but or six team uh, league. Yeah, or a six team league or something. But he needs to be picked up in every single league, ten teams and above. Yeah, for sure, and. Mm, well, I guess I, I won't guarantee eight teams because I can understand yeah. eight teams always have a lot of depth. But um, so, Chris, your first guy is another Patriot. It's Rex Burkhead. Rex Burkhead. No. Let's go. This is more of a deep sleeper. So, uh, oh, it's a very guy. deep sleeper. It's so deep you can't even see it. If you need some potential, Rex Burkhead is your guy. He's the no. most talented running back, in my opinion, in the Patriots organization. Bill Belichick is known for picking diamonds in the rough, and Rex Burkhead is one of them. As the season goes on, he's going to get better and better, starting with uh, what I think is going to be a strong week one showing. Wait, did you say dimes in the rough instead of diamonds? No, I said diamonds. Ah, oh, dang it. I thought that was going to be one of our uh, episode greatest <laughs> moments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was about to be like, dimes in the rough? It's episode 28, best moment so far, dimes in the rough. Mm-hmm. I like picking up yeah. quarters in the rough personally, but... Um, yeah, I, I, but I genuinely, the listeners know what you said, and I heard it. I heard you say dimes in the rough. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Dimes in the rough. Well, we all heard you say it, so now you're mm-hmm. uh, a laughing stock sure. in this pod, this podcast forever. Okay. My other waiver wire pickup is Hunter Renfro. And wait, 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 wait. you know who is a real dime in the rough? Who? Danny Dimes. Let's go. <laughs> Uh, I mean, how much rough is he in? Like, are you talking about his bad offensive line? Offensive line isn't that bad because he got improved Andrew Thomas, but yes, it is still below average. But uh, Danny Dimes, like, people for – he was in the rough of, like, the the draft, you know? People kind of grouped him with some other quarterbacks, not realizing that he is a top-six talent. So, anyways, here we are. He's ready to make huge impact. He's a a guy who has a small chance of being a top-six, or he is a top-six? He's a top six talent. He showed that last year. Wait, what do you mean a top six talent? Like in talent for the draft, or in fantasy? For the draft. So you say, you're saying he should in be his in his draft class, he was a top six talent. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I should have been more clear. Like it, you, it, know when you, you know when you're thinking something, so you kind of assume that everyone else knows what you're thinking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But wait, top six talent at all positions? In, the, in his draft class, yes. In quarterbacks. Or all no, in, no, he's top. He's num. He's top two in his draft class for quarterbacks. All positions. I don't know about that. I don't know. You might Definitely feel a little too high on Danny Dimes. Anyway, okay. Hunter Renfro. You should pick him up right now because mm-hmm. I agree wait, with this one. I mean, I guess. Wait. Oh, so Carolina already had a bad secondary, and then James Bradbury left too. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait a second. So. I, that's, this just adds to like this just adds to my reasoning. I mean, obviously yeah. Carolina. I, for some reason, I was just realizing this. Carolina already had a terrible secondary. Now James Bradbury's gone too. Who's gonna cover Hunter Renfro? James Bradbury wasn't even when Hen- because of Henry Ruggs. Now James Bradbury definitely isn't even seeing Hunter Renfro this entire day because he's not there. He's got a very good matchup against Carolina, who's one of the worst yeah. secondaries mm-hmm. in the league. Not only that, uh, Lynn Bowden got traded away to the. Um, I guess it was the Miami Dolphins and Lynn Bowden. It was kind of funny because actually, because Lynn Bowden was a third round pick. Yeah, that was an awful pick. I remember watching the draft and telling you, Calvin, that was a terrible pick. That nobody, no yeah, I know nobody. 
I don't remember that, but like nobody likes him these days. He was drafted as a third rounder, then traded for a fourth and a sixth. And then now, he, instead of complimenting him or anything, Brian Flores says he's got a lot to learn. <laughs> oh, jeez. I, I don't really know what to think about Lynn Mountain. He sounds very yeah. raw, which makes sense. He, he played running back and wide receiver. He can do both. And so quarterback. He played quarterback, too. Oh, yeah, that's true. Wait, so he's like Antonio. He, I, the only reason I know this is because he, uh, he, he beat – I remember he had a huge game against Virginia Tech in their bowl game. He literally just ran all over them, and that was the only reason they won. Their offense was terrible except for him because he was just literally they ran ninety percent running plays. It was crazy. That's what I like some somewhere around that. And every single play, he was like their primary running back, but he was a quarterback. It was so Oh yeah. Oh wait, hold on. Oh wait. I've I've been I think I may have gotten I don't know if it was on the podcast or live show. I think it may have been on the live show. Um S P R T S C A S T R dot com slash S G Sports Talk. Of course, with the WWW. I think I call, said Antonio Gibson was a quarterback in college, and it was obviously Lynn Bowden. So, oops. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah, no, Gibson was just running back and wide receiver. Bowden was all three. So, but yeah, along with Lynn Bowden's departure, Renfro should get some more targets. He's behind Ruggs and Waller on the depth chart. I don't think Brian Edwards is ahead of him just yet. I mean, not, I'm not saying the official depth chart. I'm saying, like, the target chart, the Calvin target chart. So, I mean, for just this week, we're talking week one. This is a good ad for week one. Mm-hmm. So, your next one, Chris, is Randall Cobb of the Texans. Yeah, and this is mainly because the Texans organization has been raving about Randall Cobb. He kind of uh... – He's such an oxymoron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I- I've never heard anyone rave about Randall Cobb in my entire life. Yeah, but they have been. That's the crazy part, and that's the main reason why I have him here. I think that – uh. There's some potential because we don't know what the Texans' offense is going to look like. Will Fuller has tons of injury risk. So there are a lot of different cases where Randall Cobb could all of a sudden jump up to a number two role, maybe even a number one. So he's just the guy that I'm looking to stash on my bench for this week, but maybe in future weeks. Have I mean, him there. I feel like maybe he could have a decent week, but like I th- it's, he's Bill, O'Brien, Bill O'Brien says Randall Cobb is great. Bill O'Brien traded away DeAndre Hopkins for yeah, like pennies exactly. on the dollar. So uh-huh. I don't know if I can trust that judgment, especially since Randall Cobb. Th- this is the uh, – oh, I'm trying to remember my fourth guy in this category. I had four guys in this category. It was wide receiver twos that cannot function as wide – oh, yes, I've got it. It was wide receiver twos that cannot function as wide receiver ones, and it was Golden Tate uh, in, in an offense. Golden Tate, Randall Cobb, Juju Smith-Suster, which is my bold pick for this year. And, I mean, I've – Remembering that my fourth was Robbie Anderson, but has he, has he ever really been a wide receiver? I don't know. I don't know. He's never, he's been like a tied for wide receiver two with like three other people. So I don't know. I just think Robbie Anderson's not that good. That That's mm-hmm. my big four yeah. of guys that I don't think can be a wide receiver one. Obviously you have to be really talented to get into football. And I'm not saying these guys aren't talented at all at what they do. Cause obviously they're in the NFL, but like for being in the NFL, they're not that good. Well, I mean, they're starting. For being a starter, they're not, they're very overrated, especially as a mm-hmm. wide receiver one. Okay. So we ready for starter on. sit? Yeah, I'm ready for starter sit. I think we've got two disagreements here out of three. This is going to be fun. But the first one is Jonathan Taylor, who's against the uh, tanking Jaguars. And, uh, I mean, even if Taylor doesn't get all the touches this game, I like him as a start. I mm-hmm. think he's a yeah. guy that you can he can pass for your RB2, especially this week, and he's got a ton of upside. Yeah, he can pass as an RB2. I think that he really should be a flex just because 
tons of upside, but there's also a lot of risk here. I mean, it's week one for a rookie in a shortened offseason and kind of a crazy offseason, you could say. So I'm not necessarily excited to have him as a start just because it feels a little risky. But uh, I, I could definitely – I have him on my team, and I'm as really an counting on – Yeah, as an RB2 because I got caught up in that whole Leonard Fournette situation, and now my RBs are looking kind of poor. But uh, anyways, yeah, I think that as long as he is there in Indianapolis and he – is he's as talented as he is, no matter what the short and off season or no matter who else is there, I think that he's going to get some touches. Yeah, I mean, for sure. And he, if he, can, I expect him to be efficient with those touches, even in week one, at least reasonably efficient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, definitely. He was he, very efficient in college. I think that'll catch a few passes too. I don't see why he wouldn't. Yeah, it's, it's just, Naheem Hines will take a lot of that work. I don't know. It's just the one thing that's holding me back on him right now is just that rookie week one. It's so hard to have mm-hmm. a huge game yeah. as week one as a rookie, but. I'm still starting him. I don't know if it's the mm-hmm. wisest decision. Yeah. Here's another one. This guy's on my fantasy team, and I've really grown on him a lot over the past few weeks. Cam Newton is facing the Miami Dolphins. He's got Bill Belichick to scheme him up plays, and, I mean, he's got James White and Julian Edelman to target, not really anyone else. But I'm starting him this week just because of this great matchup. I mean, Cam Newton's the type of guy he, – he's a rushing quarterback, so if he gets a few big carries on the ground, suddenly he's automatically got that 17-point – threshold which makes a good quarter a starting quarterback caliber game which is like the the rule of thumb 17 points means your quarterback had a starting caliber game and uh I think he can do that this week he'll he should run all over Miami's defense and I could actually see a really huge game I know he's been off of football for a while maybe he'll be rusty and throw a couple of picks but the good thing about rushing quarterbacks is that they can make up for that so I'm actually I'm starting him on my team this is partly because I don't have good quarterbacks but for what it's worth, I'm starting him over Big Ben against the New York Giants. So, I mean, I do believe in him. Yeah, I, I don't like any of your quarterbacks. Not to be mean, Calvin, because <laughs> I think they're they're both coming off big injuries, surgery. I'm just a little bit worried about Cam Newton. I'm not necessarily willing to – I don't think that he's going to be that great in the passing game, mainly because of rust. I think that that could develop. But new team, you know, all that. But then you say he'll make up, up it with – up for his struggles <laughs> in the passing game with, with a – good running performance, but I just don't think it's going to happen. He's coming off foot surgery. Uh, he's in a new look offense that has never featured a running quarterback. I think that they have, they have three good running backs that they're going to be trying to use. Hopefully. I mean, you'll have James white catching passes in the, in the flat. You'll have Sony Michelle running up the middle. And then obviously Rex Burkhead, who's going to have a great week. I just don't like Cam Newton that much. Okay. But I mean, think about his floor though. I feel like his floor maybe it's I mean, extremely low because we don't know how the Patriots are going to use him. I guess that's true, but his floor would be, I say, I'd say, 50 yards rushing. This is his absolute worst. He can literally not do worse than this. Or maybe not in the I'm Actually, I'll make it more realistic numbers. 50 yards rushing, 200 yards passing. So that's already uh, 13 fantasy points. He'll have one, at least one passing touchdown. And then maybe he has a pick, too. Maybe Bill Belichick is playing conservative with him. I think those sound like realistic bad numbers for him this week, and that's 15 fantasy points. I think he can do better than that, though. I think he maybe gets a rushing touchdown. I think maybe he throws for a couple of passing touchdowns. Maybe uh, just he, he might be able to get more going. So, I mean, I think he can get some stuff done. It's a risky play for sure. And uh, I'm not saying he's the best. He's a QB1 right now for me. It's, I know I waited on quarterback a lot. I traded away the quarterbacks that I got. So, um, 
um, for other play positions because I don't believe in stacking quarterbacks when spending stuff on quarterbacks. So I've got Cam Newton, Ben Roethlisberger, and Gardner Minshew. I'm keeping three quarterbacks because I really need to, and uh, I don't really have anyone I want to put on that final bench spot as of right now for my team. Yeah. Except so let's for, go- I mean, if, if Rex Burkhead was there, you'd probably put him on. Right. <laughs> yeah, grab him the first chance. Wait, Chris, Chris, Rex Burkhead. I'll get. I'll trade you. Uh, oh, Sony Michelle and Cam for Rex Burkhead. No, I actually wouldn't do that. No, wait, 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 wait. I'm just kidding. No, I would do that. Oh my goodness. Okay, I was gonna get really mad for a second. I mean, I'd I'd do it. I'd I. I mean, I probably would. I probably, I think, I think that they're going to be better, but I probably wouldn't do it just because of potential. Oh, I see. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do it. But I actually, I, no, I would definitely do that. But uh, I think that I'd be more like willing to do it if you also threw in like. <laughs> Chris, do you think Rex Burkhead will finish? His I, I'd RB30 probably, this I'd week probably be higher. a little bit more willing to accept it. Like it's kind of like 75-25 right now. I'd be more willing to accept it if it was like Zeke for Rex Burkhead. Then I'd be more like 80-20 sort of on whether or not I accept it. Well, I mean, do you think Burkhead will finish his RB30 or higher this week? This week? No, he's not going to do well this week. Oh, wait. Yeah, he's not going to do well next week either or the week after. This week is like his prime chance to do well because Harris is out. Mm -hmm. And Michelle is slowly recovering. I think he will do well. I think people are going to be surprised. Okay, last one is uh, Ronald (laughs) Jones, the second. I actually have him as a sort, and here's why. He's the number one on the depth chart. If you think about it, before Leonard Fournette came, was Ronald Jones? Would Ronald Jones be a start, Calvin? For you? Yeah. The thing is, Leonard Fournette has been there for like four days. He's not going to know the playbook in week one. He is not going to have that big of a role in offense. They'll just the give offense, him the ball, and he'll run them all over. I mean, I feel like Tom Brady. It's a new look offense. They're probably just going to try and run the ball more. Teams just tend to do that a little bit more on in week one. I think that Ronald Jones is definitely a viable flex. Well, for me, Ronald Jones was more of a borderline start. I mean, a lot of the guys that I would put in the uh, flexible category, most of them are wide receivers, and Ronald Jones is more of a borderline RB2 for me. I mean, since wide receivers are so deep and running backs are not, that's just the reasoning behind that. With Fournette coming in, I mean, (laughs) honestly, I mean, maybe I'm being really ignorant here, but he doesn't need to know the playbook. They could just give him the ball and he'll run it up. Just teach him halfback dive and he'll be fine. Bruce Arians isn't going to want to run him. In, in his first weekend, okay, well, he will offense, run he's going to want to run the guy that, get that he's five been or raving six about. At he's going to want to give the guy that he's been raving about all week. He's going to want to give him he, the he ball. He raved about him. He was loved him so much that he signed, went out and signed Fournette. <laughs> okay, good point. That's kind of funny. But, well, I, mean, uh, I, just, I think that Fournette is more of a future pick. I, I think that for the few, first few weeks, it's going to be all Ronald Jones. But if I had to give a, a grand scheme of things, starter sit on Ronald Jones for the entire season, it's a sit. Kind of where I stand. Okay, well, I mean that's fair, but he's also a sit for me this week too, because I mean it's not like you think Fournette's just gonna have zero carries in week one. No, not zero. I think he's gonna get three or four. Hmm. I mean, I think that's a little bit low, but we'll see what happens. Hmm. So let's go to booms and busts. And actually, I realized this podcast has actually been. Shorter than our uh, divisional previews, which is good because I think those ran a little bit, little bit long because we had so much info for you guys. But I think it's better. I'm, I'm guessing it's better for you guys if we don't run these shows over an hour for the weekly shows. I mean, you do have the whole week to listen to them, but we're going to try to keep it probably under 
an hour and five minutes, unless there's a lot of topics, in which case we won't rush through it or anything. So let's do booms and busts. Chris, uh, you've got two booms and two busts, and so do I. So your first one, uh, you may start with. Okay, my number one boom. And Ooh. before we start, before we start, I need I like to make a bit. change. I need to make a change to my list. My number one boom, Rex. No, I'm mm-hmm. just kidding. <laughs> Rex Burkhead. <laughs> My boom candidate is Darren Waller. I think that Darren Waller is going to have a great game. I don't think that Henry Ruggs is going to have a huge role in the offense considering it's week one and he's more of a deep threat. Uh, I think that Carolina has lost Luke Keekley, so I think that Darren Waller is going to be able to get open for a lot more of the short and intermediate passes. Um, He's going to be on the field a ton because he's going to be blocking for Josh Jacobs, and then he's also going to be able, out there catching passes in half PPR. absolutely love him. He is going to blow up in week one. The great part of it is that with Ruggs and Brian Edwards now, they're going to be involved just enough to take the double teams away. And then uh-huh. Waller's just going to wreak havoc against Carolina. <laughs> yeah, especially like we said with Keekly gone. Going to wreak havoc. Yeah. My pick, and this is a guy that is kind of funny. I don't really think he has that much upside for the whole season. But I think Julian Edelman booms this week. This is a Julian Edelman week. Cam Newton, while he will be running, he's going to want to rely on his reliable guys. James White is one of his reliable guys. And I think James White will have a decent game. But Julian Edelman should tear it up against the uh, Dolphins defense. I mean, I know he's facing off against Xavier Howard. But, I mean, I don't, I don't think that's going to make too huge of a difference just because he's not like – it's not like he's the guy where they're putting a ton of pressure on Julian Edelman. They've, they're going to fo- focus more on Cam. And um, so I think this should be – it should be a lot of fun to watch. Julian Edelman should put up decent numbers, not total boom numbers, but he should definitely be a great start uh, this week. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely like him as well. So uh, – What's yours? Or what? Uh, my, sorry, what's well, your next my second? One? Yeah, my second. Wait, I, I was confused. My bad. Yeah, I, I will. I, I guess I should say something on Julian. I don't mind. I think that uh, he's kind of the only piece that's really staying very similar, I feel like. And I think that he's going to have to be a consistent guy for a new quarterback. So they're just going to be looking to him a lot as sort of a, not really a check down option, but kind of as their, as their workload, workhorse uh, receiver. I think will that. Fuller? What? No, what? Julian Edelman. Oh, oh! I thought you were talking about your next guy. Wait, I was really out of it. Sorry, I was looking up something, but I sh- shouldn't have not have should not have distracted myself so much. I was looking at Will Fuller on the list, and I was really confused. Mm-hmm. My bad. Go on. Yeah, but uh, I think that Julian Edelman is gonna be looked to a lot because it's his because it's the first week of the season, and they've got new quarterback play. So yeah, I, I think that uh that he's gonna have a good game. Yeah, I, so, I would call him a boom, maybe, just because I feel like there's a lot of question marks, so I don't like to pick that. But I guess that, that's kind of the thing about a boom. You either love him or you hate him because he has so much potential, but also a very low floor if something goes wrong. Yeah, yeah I mean, not necess- not always, but they, a lot of the times they do because yeah, that, so, they're, they're so being valued. I can, I can get on to that. I, can, I can agree with that. And then my second is Will Fuller, who uh, Calvin already mentioned. Will Fuller, the fifth, is at Kansas City. Kansas City uh, doesn't have the greatest defense. They're, they're good defense, but they're not they're – not, by any means, great. They're just maybe a bit above average, average to a bit above average. It's their offense that really carries them. Bit above average, but, uh, average to a bit above average. <laughs> but Will Fuller, I think at the moment he's the number one guy in Houston. So I I really like him just just for that reason. Uh, I think that that he's gonna be able to catch a lot of passes when he's healthy. The problem is as the season goes on, I don't necessarily trust that he can stay healthy. But uh. 
Yeah. When he's on the field, I think that he can be really good. He showed at times last year that he can be super good. So uh, he's a I weekly ex- boom until he gets I, hurt. Yeah, I, I expect a big game out of him. I mean, I think I agree with everything you said, except he's. I don't think he's the wide receiver one there just because Brandon Cooks has experience as a wide receiver one. I believe he's had multiple top 15 fantasy seasons. So he's the wide receiver one until he gets hurt. And then Fuller's the wide receiver one unless he's already hurt. Really excited about the Texans wide receiving cores. Chances of staying healthy this year, aren't you, Chris? Yeah. <laughs> it's all riding on these two guys who mm-hmm. Cooks had multiple concussions. Fuller has never stayed healthy. So hopefully for Bill O'Brien, they can hold together. But I mean, Texans fans may want to see Bill O'Brien gone. So maybe hopefully for Texans fans, they don't stay together. Big Ben mm-hmm. Roethlisberger is my other boom candidate against the Giants. Can you believe that I'm starting Cam Newton over one of my boom candidates? That proves how much <laughs> I like him because he's a rushing quarterback. But Roethlisberger will do well, too. And, I mean, first game off an injury, you say, uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, but, I, I, that's that's me. I mean, but he's been I, – I don't know if – I don't think this has affected his play too much, but he recently said that he's – over 13 years, he's been pay, playing with nagging pain in his throwing arm, and it's been gone since the surgery. I don't think that's affected his play that much because I don't think he – obviously, like, he's put up some great numbers. So maybe that doesn't make a huge difference for me. But against this bad Giants defense – sorry, Chris. <laughs> against this bad Giants defense, he should put up numbers. People forget that he was QB3 in 2018. So I think – and he's um, he's had consistent top-tier QB fantasy seasons for a pretty, pretty long while before his injury. So – he might be – I think he'll throw for a lot of yards, which is what he does. Maybe he'll throw for some picks, but he'll make up for it with yards and touchdowns. And that game should be generally pretty high scoring because I think the Giants' offense will also be able to get something going and force Roethlisberger to pass a lot. Mm-hmm. I think that – yeah, it's, that's one of the games I'm most excited for, Monday Night Football. I think that's, that's actually going to be a really surprisingly high-scoring game if that – for some reason, I just have a feeling that those offenses have the opportunity to get out to a hot start, you know? Yeah, I mean, actually, come to think of it, the Steelers' defenses – looming but I mean they're more known a little more known for their pass rush obviously Mickey Fitzpatrick is a mm-hmm. beast in the secondary but I mean yeah. he, he more helped them for fantasy than in real life although he did help them immensely for real life mm-hmm. I think they should be able to get a little bit going in the passing game but Daniel Jones may be getting sacked a lot again yeah that's the one thing I'm really as a Giants fan I'm really holding out that the Giants offensive line is finally okay that's all I'm asking for okay I don't need good I don't need great I just need okay, enough where Daniel Jones can actually function in the pocket and not get sacked on every stinking play. That's my main hope for this first week for the Giants. All right, so we'll discuss that hope on next Wednesday's podcast when you realize that it didn't work out. (laughs) So we'll we'll go on to busts. And we've got – Chris has got a wide receiver and a tight end. I've got two running backs. And if let me say this. These guys are busts for this week, but they're kind of just busts for the – well – my first guy isn't really a bust at his draft price, but like he's really underwhelming just in general over the past couple of years. And uh, I mean, he kind of is a bust at this draft price, which I'll explain about in just a moment. If you have my two running backs as that I have on here as your first two running backs, that's terrible. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but it is. So, uh, Chris, you want to you want to start? Yeah, uh, my first bust is, or actually, I want to start with this one first, just because I I can't wait to talk about how bad this is. Rob Gronkowski. <laughs> Please do not put him in your lineup. Please don't start him. There's someone in our league doing it. I, he's listening. I'm, t- I'm begging him to not start him. I mean, he is just a nightmare. I don't see any way that he can have a good game. I mean, he's 
old or he's getting old. He struggled with injuries last year. He seemed very inconsistent. He's been all he struggled with injuries or, last year. Very inconsistent on yeah, the no, field. Or he two was. years ago. Two years ago. <laughs> but uh he wasn't even on the field last year. Yes. He wasn't on a team. I mean there's no way that he stayed in football shape all this time because he thought his career was over. He's not trained. He wasn't training all of last year to, to be ready for an NFL season back with Tom Brady. Bruce Arians isn't going to be willing to put him in the offense. I've heard that NFC South uh, oh, I've heard this division before. rivals have basically written him off, saying that they don't think he's going to have an effect in the offense. They're not even planning to face him you know they're planning more to face guys like Cameron Braid so yeah Chris knows Sean Payton Kowski personally is not gonna have a huge Chris Chris knows Sean Payton personally and he heard no, all I this I don't know I don't know Sean Payton I know I mean that was I think that was a report earlier no, no. in the offseason are that... you crazy I know Matt Rule oh yeah Matt Rule and Sean Payton right no, no, or just no. I, I, no, just I only Rule, know just Matt Rule. Rule yeah yeah, yeah. That's I mean that makes sense you can't know all the coaches in the league we're just mm-hmm. kids after all yeah actually 14 year olds so does that make us teenagers? Sure. Because 14. Uh, wait. Yeah, it I'm does. confusing himself. No, me. I wasn't confused. I was just, I was contemplating why I even said that in the first place. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, um, my first guy is Le'Veon Bell against the Buffalo Bills. There are so many things that can go wrong. And with Adam Gase, they all will. The Bills... Have yeah. a great defense. They're going to stop Le'Veon Bell. And for some reason, even though Adam Gase's best running backs behind Bell are LaMichael P. Ryan and Frank Gore, he's insisted on using a running back by committee, I think he said. Le'Veon uh-huh. Bell was splitting work 60-40 with Frank Gore. Um, I think th- this is interesting. I mean, I think there might be a feud even between him and Gase himself. Because after, like Gase said, that Bell had a hamstring injury, st- stuff like that. Bell tweeted out, ain't nothing wrong with my hamstrings. I mean, maybe he was just trying to uh, help, uh, um, give his fans, like, some relief, but maybe that was a shot at Adam Gase. Who knows? That's what uh, some people took it as. So there's just so many things that can go wrong. He wasn't getting a big workload last year. He isn't getting get, get one this year. And his patient running style behind a bad offensive line doesn't really work. If he has a good offensive line, he's like one of the best running backs in football, maybe even the best, just because he's so good. He's so shifty. But, I mean, mm-hmm. without him. Yeah. See, the, Le'Veon Bell is going to go down as one of these players who was just so badly misused by the team. I know. It's so sad because he's such a great player. He's so patient. And Le'Veon Bell's running style only fits an offensive line where he can be patient and he can wait for the holes to open up. And that's not going to happen with the Jets. He's never going to get those kind of holes. Yeah, I mean, Le'Ve- and I don't Le'Veon know why Bell, they expect think, that. Think about this. Le'Veon Bell hasn't, because with one reason or another, with the holdout, or I mean, I guess as he he got suspended once too, didn't he? Yeah, he got suspended like the year before that. We've bare, we've seen only a couple of Le'Veon Bell fantasy seasons, and this is just getting wasted. They wasted his whole prime. Everything's is his prime is being wasted away. It's so sad to see. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, after after that, let's go to uh, Chris. Uh, Chris's other bust for this week. Yeah, my bust is Oral Beckham, and I just think that Jarvis Landry. This is going to be maybe a returning guy that I don't love. I think that Jarvis Landry is going to take a huge amount of targets away from Odo Beckham. I just don't. I don't love. Uh, I don't love Odo Beckham's workload. I think. I think that their signing of Kareem Hunt is going to 
hurt him because they're going to be willing to check down a little bit more. He's going to, Kareem Hunt is going to play a role in the passing game. Nick Chubb is going to get some carries. They uh, got Jedrick Wills, who's going to allow them to run the ball a little bit more. Um, Baker and Odell, they didn't really show a connection last year. And I don't see why all of a sudden after one offseason, when we haven't really heard anything about the two working out that much together, why that's all of a sudden going to develop. I don't think that much has changed from last year. And last year, he seemed to bust pretty a lot. I mean, a lot more than he should be. So uh, I, I think that that's going to continue. Yeah, I mean, for me, well, Beckham should definitely be helped by the coaching change with Kevin Stefanski coming in. Um, but I agree that Jarvis Landry will take some targets. This offense might be more run first with Kevin Stefanski, who is a very run first guy. So, I mean, I don't see a huge week for Beckham, especially against this Baltimore defense. He could play well. I don't see a huge week, though. This isn't going to be the Beckham breakout week, um, even if you think Beckham's going to break out. That'll be that. If, if you do, it'll be a future week. But he should play maybe pretty well. He's still a start, but. Not that I, I guess I pretty much agree with the pick, I would say. So my last guy for bust is Melvin Gordon against the Tennessee Titans. And a recent signing, just, I mean, this wasn't really, we didn't talk about this for fantasy because it only affects defenses, but Jadevian Clowney signed with the uh, Tennessee Titans. So they obviously lost Logan Ryan, but with Clowney, they're going to be really tough on the run over there on that defensive line. Mm-hmm. I don't know yeah, if Drew Locke's going to do a good job of spreading the ball around and making space for Gordon. So we might see a stacked box against him. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Philip Lindsay's going to take more touches than people think because he's Philip Lindsay. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Philip Lindsay has been so good. I mean, there's no reason for him to just totally lose a ton of touches. And then Royce Freeman is still there too. Yeah, I don't think Freeman's going to make a huge impact. But Lindsay, yeah, but ta- I mean, still, Lindsay's talented just, enough to stay in the offense. Those are all little tiny swings of the pickaxe chipping away at the rock that's Melvin Gordon. That's a terrible analogy or whatever, but <laughs> you get it. Yeah, I mean, Gordon's still startable, but it's closer than people think. I mean, not maybe. I think mm-hmm. if we had him in starter sit, we would both stay say start. But definitely, and, yeah. But like, he's still gonna bust this week. He's not gonna mm-hmm. do too well. There's just so many things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's it. Should we roll the quote unquote credits for episode twenty? The 28? credits. The credits. Oh, I need to make like a. We need to play the. Uh, you know that. Copyright, 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 copyright. So just sing it. I sang it really off tune because. Okay, so then they can't recognize it. We're good. We're in the clear. In recognition. We were being stalked for a second. That's that's. Oh man. Yeah. Now we're in the clear because you sang it out out of tune. So let's get started. Roll the credits if you want to check out our rankings and articles. Our rankings aren't really updated right now, and articles are definitely not updated. But. I will update my rankings almost certainly before the season. If not, I'll update them in the, over the next few days. Pretty, I'm pretty sure if I'm not too busy with school. Um, you can go to sites.google.com slash view slash second and goal fantasy to check those out. My rankings are still pretty updated. They're just not updated for like Leonard Fournette just yet. So you have to go check that out. It's a whole lot of fun on there and you won't regret it. Make sure to keep downloading the podcast. If you are on a podcast platform that you don't really like right now, you could see if you could find us maybe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or TuneIn. Say if you're on Stitcher, no offense to Stitcher, because Stitcher's a great platform. And you're like, oh, geez, Stitcher, I've got to go to Spotify. Mm-hmm. We're, on, we're on Spotify, too. So you can do that. Um, make sure to- I don't know why you're doing that. You're listening to the same audio, but if you want, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, or, or you could listen to it on all five platforms. I don't understand what the point of that would be, but if you guys want to support us like that, go ahead. 
yeah, go ahead and rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Um, we really love to see the reviews and it supports us. If you have questions about fantasy football, email us at secondandgoalfantasy at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at SGFpod. And, um, I mean, if you have questions for the show, I, you could tweet them out at us too. I mean, if you want us to know anything, just tag us in your tweets and we'll respond. And if, and yeah, you can ask, actually ask us questions on Twitter too. I mean, that's fine with Mm -hmm. us. You don't just have to email. Um, if you want to check out our live sports talk show, Chris and I host a weekly sports talk show called Second and Goal Sports Talk. We also do other live streams. I'll be streaming the an entire football game on Sunday, live play by play. So that that should be a lot of fun. You can go to www.sportscastr.com/sgsportstalk, or um, download the Sportscaster app the way I spelled it, and follow us at SG Sports Talk. If you have questions for our live show, you can email us at sg or second goal sports talk at gmail.com. That's second goal sports talk at gmail.com. Follow our uh, live show on Twitter at SG Sports Talk. If you want to check out our articles on Tecmo Hole, you can go to www.tecmohole.com slash author slash Calvin K for my articles. You can go to www.tecmohole.com slash author slash Christopher for yours um or for Chris's. Um, so Chris and I, wait, Chris, did you, uh, are you still doing your Tecmo Hole channel though? Or did you? Uh, no, I'm not. Oh, okay. So Chris actually does not have, no longer... I believe he's taken down from the site now, so you actually can't find Chris on there, unfortunately. But I might still write. I'm, I think I'm going to still write for Tecmo Hole every so often. So you can go to www.tecmohole.com slash author slash yeah. Calvin K. Go check that out. And um, yeah, that's basically about it. You can follow us on Twitter at Calvin underscore SGF at Chris underscore SGF. And uh, tweet us with questions or tag us or retweet all our tweets. And we really appreciate it. And uh, I'm ready for some football. I'm uh-huh. so ready for some football. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This was our week one preview for fantasy in 2020. And I just said thanks for listening. Yeah. Oh, again. my goodness. I'm so, I'm so glad to finally have this episode. I thought it was so fun to just be talking some real stats, real predictions, real numbers, not, not for an no, entire no, We've never been talking about week. stats and predictions. These well, well for, no, I, I'm saying for, for one week, for the week yeah. that's coming up. And guys, Thursday is football, which is tomorrow from the time that you guys are probably listening to this. Oh my Ooh. goodness. I am so excited. I can't wait to watch Clyde Edwards Alaire. We'll see how he does. Oh, he's going to do great. I can't wait. Watch Deshaun Watson with the new extension. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, mm-hmm. Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. So many guys relevant for fantasy, and we'll see it all tomorrow. And I was, like I said, I'll say it again. Thanks for listening, and we will see you guys next time.